uh, Professor Paunio's contention is that there, there does exist, as it were, um, a parallel pagan type religion, which uh, can be traced back far beyond the foundings of organizations such as the Club of Rome, which in 1968 really hit the news of the publication of a book, uh, which was intended as a kind of neo-Malthusian manifesto. So what, what Professor Paunio's work does in this regard is it shows how these globalists, as it were, or people such as the World Economic Forum pushing things like the Great Reset, instrumentalize the, uh, well, an agenda of fear and doom, a catastrophic narrative, in order to recommend themselves as a necessary solution. What if I told you that you could trace these same sort of satanic, occultic religion that really vivified the Nazis to today's World Economic Forum. That might sound just too weird to be true, but what if there was evidence tying the two together? Well, that's what we're going to look at in today's episode of The John Henry Weston Show. We have with us a guest, Miko Panico is his name. Miko Professor Miko Paunico. And uh, he joins us today along with uh, Frank Wright, whom you all know from his writing at LifeSite News. Now, get this. Professor Paunico is an epidemiologist who has worked for a number of public health institutions in his native Finland, as well as a brief spell at the World Bank. And he's currently senior medical officer in the Ministry of Social Affairs and Health of Finland. His work as a scientific and policy advisor has seen him involved in state-level meetings across Europe and the United States. And it's he who has done the research in this, he who has been involved with these kind of people in very elevated positions. And I think the conclusions that he draws, the evidence that he brings forward, are going to startle you. This is The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Hello, LifeSite friends. Aren't you sick of the cancel culture? Aren't you sick of the overlords at YouTube deciding what you'll be able to see and what you won't? Are you sick of them dictating morality and your use of pronouns? Well, we have had enough. With rampant attacks and continuous censorship we face here at LifeSite News, we've decided to bite the bullet. We are taking video into our own hands and we're playing on our own terms rather than the whims of big tech. We have launched our own video platform. Now we have the ability to showcase our important news and views without the risk of being banned and silenced. Defenders of faith, life, family and freedom can now speak freely at LifeSite News without censorship from anti-life, anti-family, anti-faith, anti-freedom folks who seem to run all the big tech companies. This, of course, takes tons of hard work and also your support. So we're in the midst of our quarterly spring fundraising campaign, and we are in need of your support, both prayerful and financial. These fundraising campaigns are vital to our survival and the ability to broadcast the truth for free all around the world. So with the launch of our new video platform, we will be incurring many new ongoing expenses due to the size and bandwidth of our servers the personnel expenses to maintain such a large system, and for new and improved features that we hope to add in the coming months. 
we must raise our campaign goal of an absolute minimum of $500,000 to continue the fight to withdraw completely from big tech and strengthen our ability to survive in the giant online world. So please donate at the link in the description below. Thank you for your prayers, your support, and your dedication. We are honored to be in this fight with you. May God bless you. Miko Paunio and Frank Wright, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you again. Let's begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Frank, if you could start off by introducing us to our very interesting guest. Well, Professor Paunio got in touch with me following some remarks I made in a previous video, which um, we were about the Magic Mountain. And the Magic Mountain referred to the, well, to the self-confessed idea of um, Davos by Klaus Schwab. He said that he'd chosen the mountain site of Davos because it was the site of Thomas Mann's Magic Mountain, which was a novel that took place in a sanitarium with a, a collection of rather rum characters, oddly enough, who gathered together and were inspired by certain occult theories. Following this, of course, Professor Pownio got in touch with me to say that there was far more to this than a mere passing resemblance. It's neo-paganism that draws on a 19th century tradition going back to Madame Blavatsky, uh, through obviously developments such as anthroposophy, which has influenced people like Rudolf Steiner. And he claims to have met people and, and, and experienced this at the highest level of government in Finland and in European and international organisations. So. I was compelled to get in touch with him, and I found what he had to say was quite remarkable and very well researched. Miko, if you could tell us, please, about your background that uh, leads you not only to believe what you're doing through your research, but also having experienced it yourself uh, in government itself. The, the saga, or the others say, began when um, I'm a measles expert, and uh, one of the beliefs, basic beliefs of, of Rudolf Steiner was that you have to contract measles as a, as a child. And uh, this leads to, for example, in Germany, they have Waldorf or, or Steiner schools. They have uh, continuously outbreaks there. But this was uh, so. So I, I got interested in, in 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 this cult because he really, in one of his inner inner space flights, he he found out that it is of immense importance that uh, that a child gets uh, meas at, uh, contracts measles in order to uh, ha have his or hers her uh, soul journey. Okay, so just before we continue, when you say inner space flights, you're not talking about an airplane flight, you're talking about some kind of meditative sort of exactly. thing, exactly. right? Okay. Yes. So this was the beginning. And uh, then later on, when I was hired as a young uh, uh, medical researcher to, to, to study energy issues and to make comparative risk assessment, for, for, for government of, of, uh, of life cycle analysis of different energy sources. Uh, I came across with a guy called Penti Malaska, who became later on world pre president in future studies. And um, he was, an, uh, he was uh, a very an ardent anti-nuclear uh, 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 crusader and uh, later on I found out that he 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 was he belonged to these occult circles and believed in these uh, 
these theosophical, theosophical ideas. So, Frank, you're telling us that uh, Mikos had dealings also with heads of state and stuff that are also into this kind of occult belief or practice. Yes, and not only this, uh, quite apart from, well, we hear quite a lot about the kind of sulfur-fumed wreathed people of these supranational organizations. But uh, Professor Paunio's contention is that there, there does exist, as it were, um, a parallel pagan-type religion, which uh, can be traced back far beyond the foundings of organizations such as the Club of Rome, which in 1968 really hit the news in the publication of a book uh, which was intended as a kind of neo-Malthusian manifesto. So what, what Professor Paunio's work does in this regard is it shows how these globalists, as it were, or people such as the World Economic Forum pushing things like the Great Reset, instrumentalise the, uh, well, an agenda of fear and doom, a catastrophic narrative, in order to recommend themselves as a necessary solution. Now, the limits to growth in 1968 was a perfect example of this, which which was launched by the Club of Rome, which is a, still exists. It's, it's a collection of around 100 technocrats, government leaders, business people, and so on, who get together and try and present themselves as a solution to this neo-Malthusian collapse mythology that they've invented. Professor Pioneer rightfully indicates it is a mythology. It was debunked at the time as such, but it still gets enormous press coverage. Why? Professor Pioneer maintains that the very people who control the media are themselves fans of this old, new, earth-worshipping religion, which at basis is deeply misanthropic. Secondly, his ideas are remarkable in as such as that he demonstrates where their fantasy worldview comes from. So much of contemporary ideology in terms of foreign relations, domestic policy, energy policy, Great Reset and Net Zero simply seems to be completely divorced from any practical utility whatsoever. The neoconservatives never count the cost of their own disastrous adventurism, which has led to the loss of wars. The environmentalists never account for how we're going to make these great transitions without the sudden collapse of industrial society. Professor Pounio maintains that the reason for this is that they are esoteric occultist fantasists. And his, his remarks about the Club of Rome and about a certain person recruited by Klaus Schwab reveal the occult tradition that inspires these people and which explains their complete departure from, from consensus reality. If Professor Pownia would like to tell us about that man, which Klaus Schwab recruited, uh, we'd be very interested to hear about it. Yes, he recruited Maurice Strong as, uh, as his uh, financier or and uh, Maurice Strong is the figure in uh, Agenda 2030, or you, uh, he died in uh, 2015, but nevertheless, uh, he's an, uh, he's, uh, I have a chapter in, in this Postilla article uh, that there were the big mistake uh, of, of uh, Wizard of Baca Grande, but uh, he and his wife, they are, occultists, uh, esotericists, uh, wife Hanne believes she's a uh, reborn Indian uh, and more strong. Uh, they have uh, this nature temple in, in Baca Grande in Colorado uh, where he made a really a big mistake by inviting 
one uh, Canadian journalist for one week and he 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 told remarkable things that 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 proves that he was definitely part of this uh, of this uh, esoteric cult and later on schwab made a huge mistake in in 2015 when he appeared in swiss television where he said some remarkable things that people people's brains he will he will hack people's brains uh, with microchips and uh, and uh, and uh, people will be connected to to internet and the world elite will be able to uh, uh, influence uh, thinking and uh, beliefs and uh, and uh, etc uh, uh, originally the founder of club of rome aurelio pecke in his book uh, in one of his book he really reveals the 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 the, the belief system of of madame blavatsky uh, and and uh, where where uh, he expresses uh, the the very 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 uh, basic uh, principles of of esoteric esoteric uh, thinking and uh, and uh, and he also made the first plans to organize this global govern governance system which now appears to be complete to the innocent bystander who looks in and learns about uh, madame blavatsky at all it looks just like satanism to me um can you give us some background there frank yes helena petrovna blavatsky attracted quite a lot of attention in her lifetime which was around the mid to latter uh, two-thirds of the 19th century Collecting around her the kind of salon that you'd expect from some kind of fantasy Eckler intellectual, but she wasn't an intellectual. As, um, <clears throat> as Professor Panya points out, she was a fraud. What she was doing was she was promoting a kind of um, occult route to what she claimed was uh, a supernatural wisdom, which when contacted through effectively Gnostic means, would allow people to access a superior form of intelligence, which would thereby, shall we say, privilege them to govern others. This is obviously the attraction uh, that, that promoted the interest of people who are also interested in government in such a system, because it appeals to their narcissism and it gives them a justification for anything that they subsequently do. Secondly, it allows you to base your worldview on personal fantasies, which is where it interlocks with people like Yuval Novo Harari, who uh, apparently is a historian, according to Professor Paunio, and I think he's right. Secondly, uh, Blavatsky was the inspiration for much of the 19th century and early 20th century occultism, leading to things like the Golden Dawn uh, and Alistair Crowley's Thelema. So an obviously um, hugely intellectual um, figure in the revival, if you like, of Western occultism, uh, or as we prefer to, to call it, the work of Satan. So yeah, Blavatsky is, if you like, uh, a founding figure in this. Uh, one of the currents to which she gave rise was, of course, the anthropo anthroposophy, uh, as opposed to her theosophy. Uh, Madame Blavatsky propounded a system called theosophy, which was, as it were, a philosophical, practical system of occultism that allowed you to become like God. 
Um, Steiner then proposed anthroposophy, which was his offshoot of Blavatsky's cult. Uh, he's founded a bunch of schools. The Steiner-Waldorf movement is present across the world. Uh, and his belief system is odd to say the least. He's written various pamphlets on child development and education, but also various things that are less well known, such as a, a pamphlet on the occult significance of blood and has some odd beliefs about reincarnation, race and so on. But Steiner's ideas have been largely absorbed by what you call the German folkish movement. In Germany, there's a movement that to which Carl Jung is attributed uh, some kind of membership, which goes back to the 19th century and combines elements of naturalism, nature worship, nature loving, and a belief in the occult and a belief in, in, in some kind of cosmic connection to the interior world. It's a form of pagan mysticism that informs currents which Professor Paunio um, highlights in his second postulate article that moved through the Nazi party to modern day environmental administration and this neo-pagan uh, neo cult that he claims is at the centre of this, these kind of international environmentalist-inspired bureaucracies. So you can trace that same sort of occult religion through the Nazi party to today's leaders in, on the world stage? There is a direct connection uh, from Third Reich to German Greens. In, the in their first presidium, um, August Hausleiter came from this, uh, from this uh, extreme right-wing uh, uh, faction of the, of the, of the original uh, German Greens, and they have their origins in, in, inside um, the, the inner circle of, of Third Reich. Rudolf Hess was the central, central figure uh, and he was a follower of Rudolf Steiner, and uh, his lieutenants were uh, were uh, original organizers of of, uh, of German Greens. And especially is important that August Hausleiter, who became the first chairman of the of the of, of uh, German Greens, among uh, two others. Uh, he wrote the very, very core uh, uh, core action principles uh, of, of, of this new Green Party. Yeah, you write in the second Postel article that Germany's Greens were established by the far left and old Nazis in Offenbach in 1979. It makes sense in retrospect. These kind of things, when you point, it's the kind of thing that when you indicate it, you suddenly see it. I, I had to write that article when it appeared in 2021 in 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 May that uh, the opinion polls suggested that there would be again after uh, first time since 1945 uh, a green chancellor who has a very very uh, uh, very very uh, uh, harsh posture against Russia. So this was a very, very, uh, not a very convenient, convenient feeling. And I, I simply had to write everything I knew about uh, this Mr. Linkola, who, by the way, a piece of his sacred forest has been, uh, has been uh, 
given to Pope symbolically by the Finnish um, uh, Lutheran, state Lutheran church, uh, which I think is horrendous because he, he uh, this deep ecologist, uh, uh, which the elite in Finland admires, um, was an ardent, ardent Nazi with horrendous, he worshipped, he, he, he was a death cultist and, uh, and has promoted uh, worldwide for sure one mass school shootings in, in Finland. May I read out your quote about Penti Linkola, uh, just to explain who he is, yeah, from, from your article? Yeah, it says in 1994, you write that in 1994, the Wall Street Journal published Penty Linkola's population policy and anti-technological views on its front page. In this, he said his number one enemy was the United States of America because it stands for everything he hates, namely economic growth and freedom. He said that everything that humankind created in the past century must be destroyed. He was for a radical reduction of the world population and was quoted concerning a possible future war. If there were a button I could press, I would sacrifice myself without hesitating if it meant millions of people would die. What a charming fellow. I think you rightfully describe him uh, as, as a crackpot who is also well-known amongst English-speaking crackpots. And who is he on the world stage right now? He is nobody. He, he, he was a cultural figure well-known outside Finland, especially amongst those who uh, study uh, deep ecology. And uh, he was, if you guys remember uh, this uh, Unabomber, uh, the serial killer uh, who, who killed in the name of environment, he, he sent a letter to Pentilinkola, but Pentilinkola, he, hated America and English language so much uh, that that he never replied but they but um, he was he thought that everything that is that is culturally uh, that German German culture is is is, is superior but Pent, Penty Linkola was was the author if I'm if I'm not wrong of the of the Green Party of Finland's program and he was an internationally influential environmentalist because of this, wasn't he? I mean, he did, he did have an international audience. He, he, he wrote this uh, program, but because it was so outrageous, it never got accepted by the, the, the right. soft greens. But nevertheless, he has been extremely influential. And when he died, all these soft greens were... Uh, had their crocodile tears and and and, uh, and uh, said that he was a wonderful thinker and uh, but he has some which I write about in the Postil article some horrendous quotations of of how massacre uh, Jewish uh, Holocaust was. Uh, was ecological because people were taken to camps by train and uh, they were gassed uh, swiftly and uh, even their hair was uh, was recycled so it's the it's these kind of people that we are uh, we are really they are when Pentelinkola died he was a 
he was a hero and there was this uh, biography was released just before his death and it was chosen uh, Finlandia award in non-fictious uh, books was awarded to, to 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 the journalist who wrote that book and etc but again I mean it's it's horrendous that Pope accepted piece of Lincoln's forest in 2016 I guess when a bishop of Helsinki went to Vatican and and uh, and donated donated it to to Pope some of you may remember, or perhaps even newly appreciate, the late Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. He is considered one of the greatest communicators in the modern era and stands as a great example for all of us in what it means to work in Catholic broadcasting. For over 50 years, Sheen captivated audience on both radio and television, and millions tuned in each week to hear his messages of hope and encouragement. One of LifeSite's supporters is Radio Maria and they are now proud to be showcasing some of Bishop Sheen's timeless recordings on their weekly radio show entitled Bishop Sheen Presents. Please consider tuning in to Radio Maria on Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central or Saturdays at 5 p.m. to enjoy the Venerable Archbishop's wit and wisdom. For more information on Radio Maria and their Catholic work, please visit their website, radiomaria.us. That's radiomaria.us. And now, back to the program. Clearly, the sort of Blavatsky-inspired occult practice was prevalent with the Nazis. Um, the famous story of... Um, Hitler himself sort of salivating over the spear of Longinus that uh, pierced our Lord's side uh, gives very good indication of that. But seeing it brought forward in time to the person that Klaus Schwab um, associated himself with, the Maury Strong, who, by the way, uh, was in Canada for a long, long time and developed all sorts of things here, um, worked also with Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, so there is involvement in this kind of occult thing. And if anybody doesn't know the really occult practices of Maury Strong, there's tons on the internet you can find. Look up his Baca Grande Ranch in Colorado and, and see all of the various religious temples he had there. It's kind of like an, what the Pope is doing now with the Abrahamic faith house. Um, but anyway, so that brings this occult practice from you know, back then used by the Nazis into our world today, associated with the World Economic Forum already. But, uh, Professor Paunio, you say more than that, that the current world leaders are also involved in this same kind of occult practice. I don't have direct evidence, but it was very revealing that uh, in last uh, World Economic Forum uh, meeting, John Kerry, <laughs> had a very very strange uh, burst and uh, where he said that we are chosen almost from outer space and uh, we are very unique people who have a mission to save the planet and uh, so uh, I, what i what i what i can say using open source material in this post long postal article is that i can show 
clearly that uh, these globalists who are uh, who are uh, uh, steering world affairs from Davos. Um, uh, the, the simple reason why they need this uh, nature, I call it nature pantheism, uh, which has been fostered in the upper echelons of the United Nations for five decades now. Uh, this new structure simply needs a new religion, global religion, in order to be able to 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 govern and. Uh, I have ample of evidence of how all these central figures who are behind this agenda 2030 uh, are occultists. Yeah, and really that's what we'd like to dive into a little bit because that's really key to understanding because everybody feels they're pushing all this insanity with like a religious fervor. None of it makes sense. And yet the agendas are being pushed. And I mean, it doesn't make sense economically. It doesn't make sense politically. And then when it gets down to the issues we deal with most, you know, the whole uh, life family stuff, none of this makes sense. Even, even if you look at feminism, how can feminists not be totally offended that the transgender cult or whatever you want to call it is taking away from women all the awards in boxing and running and, and uh, all these sports. It, there's no sense to it. And yet it's pushed with a religious fervor that can only be called that religious. I can see the appeal of, um, of a nature pantheism to John Kerry, a man who resembles a haunted tree himself. So perhaps that's the only logical connection I can find in that. But one thing that I found remarkable about your observations, Professor Pownew, is the fact that you, you insisted that these people are, in effect, fantasists. I found it a tremendous relief when you told me that, flatly, that the technology that they speak of, that they, that they hope to use to enslave the world in service of their own programme, simply doesn't exist. And that when I, when you, when I read you on Novel Harari, on Yuval Harari, and found that he was a, a fantasist. Again, that was a terrific relief. So the fact that these people are fantasists as well is telling. And it, it ties in with their own belief system. It ties in with the idea that they would be in an esoteric nature pantheist group. It makes sense of the senselessness of their behaviour. Oh, yes. And uh, there are now first signs in Finland that they understand that the legislation, which I also show in my, in my essay, that it has a direct uh, direct steering and guidance from Davos uh, through United Nations, uh, uh, it's, it's crackpot because the, the directive, uh, directive of energy efficiency was just uh, passed by the European Parliament and it will mean that the municipalities would have to double their investments and there would be no money for healthcare anymore. And people would have to uh, would have to uh, repair their houses with the, with zillions. It, this they they just it just there was a headline two two days ago in in newspapers and people are just shocked. And I I've, I reviewed this piece of legislation fit for fifty five. It's a huge package, and this is only one 
one piece of, of, of legislation, uh, which also, it was also so that even, even churches were uh, demanded to be repaired to, to uh, zero, zero uh, energy uh, requirements. Uh, but it is so insane legislation and it, it has several regulations and directives and uh, which will just ruin ruin European Union. And I have started to wonder, is this their plan to just cause chaos? Or is it, uh, is it really that they believe in these insane things? I mean, it's, it's, it's remarkably exactly like, like John Henry said that it is the, 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 we can feel it here as well. I think it's in Canada. You can feel the push, the irrational push. And I'm so happy that I could solve the puzzle that I've been uh, so sort of putting together in over 30 years, the last, last October. My predictions of, of complete uh, chaos in energy, uh, um, in energy issues in Europe, it did not materialize because we have had an extremely exceptional, exceptionally warm winter. So this has really saved. I predicted that tens of thousands of people would have, would have. Uh, died if there had been a, 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 a normal Eastern European winter. I wanted to ask you about, about the, what you mentioned about the Fit for 55 climate package and this article that you wrote for Real Clear Energy last August, within which you say that the, the, the World Economic Forum had backed a Finnish innovation fund called Citra in order to produce a fabricated report that seem to vindicate what's called the Finnish circular economy package. I mean, what you're saying is, is that the World Economic Forum used a front group to falsify evidence that its own programs, its own fit for 55 climate change programs on a national scale were viable, but which you said would, if implemented, would reduce to Soviet style five year planning and the downfall of modern industrial society. This does appear to be a, a framework for intentional collapse. Would you, would, would, you, would you concede that this is a framework for intentional collapse? I don't know, but the, the, the way they fabricated the story of, of circular economy in Finland, and they even have this year, or it was last year, they had even a, a follow-up meeting in, in, in Africa. I think it was in Rwanda, this global circular circular economy conference but nevertheless i had reviewed our waste policy for 20 years give i had given 100 reviews of eu legislation and i knew what was going on, on, on in 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 reality and uh, it was just the, the the circular economy it collapsed there were attempts to 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 really uh, recycle stuff, but it is so energy consuming, so money consuming, and it was so impossible. So that finally I pushed it hard in Finland, but we managed, 
to, to build a, a similar waste incineration plant network than uh, that uh, exists in Denmark and, and Denmark and, and Sweden. So, so, so once again, the, the, these people are inspired to produce plans based on total fantasy that will result in ruin. These people, are, they're dangerous because they have the power to enact their will upon a population or the global population, should they get the opportunity, but their plans will result in disaster. I mean, it's arguable whether they know this or not, is your point, is it not? But the fact is, is that it would be a disaster. Well, let's actually unpack that a little bit more, just get right into that, because, I mean, that's a big thing for all of America, Canada as well. This whole idea of recycling, everybody's doing it, but you're saying that this, to go forward with it, costs more and in money and time and everything else than an incineration plant? For example, if you take plastic, you have over a thousand types of plastic. And in order to be able to to recycle plastic, you would have to have only one type of plastic. And then uh, the problem is that the plastic is extremely uh, dirty. And uh, the, the, the first years until 2018, what happened was that people in good faith, they, uh, they uh, separated plastic, uh, but it was sent to China. Uh, but China, because of horrendous environmental damage caused by this recycling of plastic, had to stop that. But then plastic was exported to to Malaysia to 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 uh, India to Bangladesh and but most of it ended up in in oceans and i have several several uh, reports on that uh, and uh, when my first report came out 10 months later in in uh, in in the UN convention, Basel convention, this practice of, of exporting this recycled, recyclable um, uh, plastic uh, was banned. So in beginning of 2022, uh, OECD countries can no longer export this, this waste, which has has been collected in good faith by the public, which has been misled to believe that you are doing something good. But the reality, especially in the United States, is that they're, all their recycling, recycling uh, schemes have collapsed two, three, four years ago because it's so expensive and you get nothing out of it, nothing. Yeah, the only and thing we're, yet we're is, still what, what... all doing this. We're all yeah. you know doing that. For the most part, it is because um, they give you usually. I mean, it sounds insane, but you know, uh, often you're given a bin to use that, and that's free. You have to pay that other garbage be taken away, but uh, your recyclables, as they call them, the plastic or glass. Um, and the paper, they go in separate bins and they can be taken for free. Your, your regular garbage that you have to pay for to take away. It's, it's insane. And yet we're doing this all for nonsense. And we've been doing it for years and it's all insane. Yeah. 
metals are recyclable and it's economically viable. But if you have a extensive uh, incineration plant system, you can separate metals from the waste stream. So you don't need this uh, separate collection, which is now also institutionally uh, organized in all European Union uh, with this. Uh, it's a ritual, but there is this new package of, of insane legislation, especially by uh, which he was a vice uh, president of commission uh, and who is now um, head of Citra, uh, Jyrki Katainen, a Finnish guy, but he proposed this tremendously uh, stupid uh, uh, circular economy package. Extremely, it is it's not from this planet it's and but it was it it became into reality because there was this uh, very very uh, uh, strong collaboration between commission citra and the world economic forum so the, i can i can show in this real clear energy article that that uh, it was the interaction of these these players that ultimately uh, uh, ultimately uh, uh, made this uh, circular economy package uh, possible but more importantly it was the fifth fit for 55 legislation was uh, was promoted with this circular economy concept so it was the, the core concept of promoting this extremely harmful Fit for 55 uh, European Union uh, climate package. Now, one of the things I wanted to get back to was just the more evidence for the occult. I know you said you didn't have direct evidence for the world leaders that we currently have being involved per se, but the policies they adhere to, the things they do, their involvement, even with the World Economic Forum itself and its tie-in are there. But there are very clear indicators that major influencers in the public are in fact, in fact involved in this kind of occultish behavior. I published a book in 2015 and I dug quite deep into this religion. I had not solved all the puzzles so not until last October, but uh, nevertheless, uh, there are a lot of Hollywood actors and uh, and, uh, and these uh, these high societies. They they are involved uh, involved have been traditionally involved with these practices, and I can say that. Uh, as an agnostic person and uh, and uh, and a scientist, uh, that uh, I can easily use the word satanic because what they have done, for example, in Sri Lanka, these web people, it is just horrendous. And I, I am, I am af really afraid, and I think Jordan Peterson is also afraid that they have something very sinister. If you could explain to us what what did they do in Sri Lanka? Sri Lanka, they they in two thousand and sixteen, uh, World Economic uh, Regional Forum organized uh, this path 
to this catastrophe uh, which um, uh, which led to to president uh, fleeing the country and people being uh, without food and uh, IMF uh, IMF uh, organizing the, the the loan to 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 create uh, macroeconomic stability but it was a uh, I don't remember it was such a jokish name for these policies but it was something splendor or whatever but uh, but it was they greened Sri Lanka's uh, agriculture and uh, forbade pesticides and uh, and, uh, uh, and other modern uh, agricultural uh, means of, of, of effective uh, uh, production of crops and uh, so that Sri Lanka had to had to import import um, food from abroad which depleted the financial resources and and finally there was this uh, default but it was it was horrendous and it was a purely purely world economic forums uh, uh, it, it organized there were harvard university was involved nobel prize winner stiglitz was involved and George Soros was also involved in this regional meeting 2016, which preceded preceded the. So, so, so George Soros, George Soros, Nobel laureate Joseph Stiglitz, Harvard University, and the World Economic Forum were instrumental in creating the Sri Lankan disaster, which led to basically a famine and the overthrow of the Sri Lankan government. So you say that this was ultimately caused by the policy directed through the United Nations and the World Economic Forum, which is aimed to steer countries towards meeting the United Nations Sustainable Development or SDG goals. I mean, this is nightmarish and it happened. This is what happens when these fantasies collide with people's lives. And now the same thing is happening in macro level in the European Union. And I believe also in Canada. Do you think the deindustrialization of Europe is intentional? It's it's hard to know, but uh, some uh, the, the false policies, especially energy sanctions, now in this conflict, uh, they have contributed to it enormously. But uh, what about the opposition to? Could I ask you again about the opposition to nuclear power? Because you mentioned in our first chat that you, a remarkable uh, series of events that you personally encountered uh, when you were involved in Finnish nuclear policy. Yes, it was the, the whole new, uh, green movement and the green party formations. It, it, it began uh, around anti-nuclear activities and, uh, and it was uh, until they more or less killed the, the build-up of, of nuclear power in, in Western Hemisphere. Uh, it was the, the, in the very core of their policies what they, they, they were promoting. And uh, we managed to, to keep up building nuclear power. And uh, we have just we have the world's biggest nuclear power plant. We have had enormous problems of building it up because the regulations are 
because of fear of radiation, which is uh, which is uh, the public uh, is irrationally uh, afraid of radiation, and it is uh, largely because of 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 peace movement and uh, the 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 part of peace movement which really uh, was uh, became part of the part of green parties and this is an irony because the, the peace movement has now in europe turned into into bellicose bellicose uh, uh, rhetoric and i'm just uh, astonished how but knowing the the origins of these of these uh, of this green ideology i'm not that surprised it's amazing just to unpack that just a little bit just so that people understand i mean the the green movement um and and peace movement apparently for peace is now warmongering in with regard to russia ukraine then at the same time the um movement is the Greens are against nuclear power, except that nuclear power is environmentally friendly and provides uh, great sources of, of power, uh, in clean, if you will, power, yet they're against it. And uh, as you said, it, it starts with that anti-nuclear push uh, and then continues. So surely the argument can be made that whether they intended it or not, they're heading us for collapse because they're cutting off any source of real power for people uh, electrical power, that is, um, and then forcing us into things that are really don't make any sense: uh, windmills and solar power. Yes, that is that is the case. The the, the Greenpeace was started by it was a Canadian activists protesting against uh, against the nuclear test in Alaska. So that was the, the birth of, of, of Greenpeace, or I guess it was 1970 or so. But nevertheless, they have been instrumental of destroying uh, energy infrastructure. And uh, once they got uh, nuclear power out, they began to, to harass uh, fossil fuel industry with disastrous, disastrous uh, consequences. It was because, for example, in Europe, Europe was still producing more natural gas uh, 15 years ago than Russia. But then they managed to, to stop all investments in Europe and, and managed to, to kill uh, fracking in all, all Europe. So, so this is, and although, <laughs> I mean, Putin has, he was very active in in, 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 in supporting these green green uh, green uh, green movement to, to stop fracking and they, they didn't succeed in the US until Joe Biden was chosen the president but apparently he the, the, the situation is so bad that even Biden, administration has to reverse policies now. So any any final thoughts for us? I mean, where where do we go from here? What what can people do? Uh, because this situation is horrendic, horrendous. The, the reality of some kind of occult 
activity among our leadership, which leads them to policies that are, as you said, um, <laughs> destroying us. Um, it makes sense. It, it, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, if, if not more than that. But do you see a way out of this mess that we're in right now? I think, and this, the reason why I made the Postal article and I, I made public that I am in allegiance with the Christians who have been for decades noticing this development, and they have known that these theosophic, theosophical ideas are are there, and uh, the re the real reason is that the the, the Christians and uh, sound people they do not mix reality uh, and religion what the nature pantheists do they mix their religion with reality which is the most dangerous and i don't see any other in the last second part of my essay in postal uh, about world economic being a, a dangerous religious cult is that we really have to wake up wake up like Jordan Peterson has been instrumental in, in waking up people. And I think it's, uh, and he has realized because the assault in New Zealand, in Poland, but in uh, not Poland, but in, in Holland and in all European Union against agriculture is something, especially the, there was this warning two weeks ago, there, there are these two guys, um, Happer is the other guys, it's a, he, they're atmosphere physicists, but now the net zero people and this agenda 2030, what they demand is that you can no longer use natural gas to, to produce fertilizers and fertilizers are produced by natural gas there is uh, practically no alternative. So, and they predict that 50% uh, that of world population will be without food if they succeed. And they're going to affect, you know, Africans and everything else. It always strikes me as so strange that the very ones that the left claims to want to support, oh, let's support the poor, they're the ones they're killing off first. Oh yes, and I've written several several papers where I point out that uh, in sub-Saharan Africa, well over ninety percent of total energy energy consumption is 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 charcoal. And if the uh, the the population growth continues, they will burn all their forests and all all the flora and fauna will suffer. And the only way to 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 boost uh, development in, in Africa, sub-Saharan Africa, is to allow their, um, uh, that they, they can use their past coal reserves and, and, uh, and uh, to promote. I think they are waking up because this arrogant West is just destroying now everything. And it's strange too, because in order to wake up, particularly for countries under threat, like in sub-Saharan Africa, they have to recognize that they are being lied to, that they're being presented with falsehoods as if they were good for them when they are, in fact, harmful for them. So 
you've got to wake up to a horrific reality, which is that the West, while offering you seemingly good things, is working to harm you, while at the same time saying that they're trying to work to benefit you. Exactly, exactly. The governments of Namibia and the Democratic Republic of Congo recently rebuffed Western leaders. In Namibia, the German leader, Olaf Scholz, and in the DRC, uh, Emmanuel Macron, they've both been given short shrift by their former colonial possessions in precisely the manner you suggest, John Henry. The Africans have indeed woken up to the fact that their um, former masters will come over and dictate terms to them that are deleterious to the fortunes of their people which explains their turn towards China for better investment terms, without conditions, as it were. Well, God help us. I want to thank you, uh, Professor Panyo, for uh, making you know, your findings known to the world, because I think your effort in waking up people will save lives. And God willing, uh, they listen to you. And I can't, I can't end off without uh, begging you to see. You've seen the evil in the world. There is a God, a good God, who loves you too. And I'm sure after doing so much work to wake people up to the evil that's there, he wants to see you woken up to his reality as well. Okay, we'll see. (laughs) Frank, any final thoughts? Yes, yes. Um, On the note of whether or not we can do anything, it is not by any means a question of total despair. The example of the Dutch farmers shows that mobilisation on the basis of human scale values can win. And they are on the verge of winning a victory in the Dutch regional elections right now that will present a challenge to the Dutch government, bring the World Economic Forum's plans to close 3,000 farms to an end, and also show that there is a human scale alternative to these top-down distant bureaucracies who wish to oppose a a de jure fantasy world upon you that will destroy your life. If you organise on community relations, on human scale, on the basis of the strength of your relationships with people in real life and the values that built the West, the Christian values that built the West, you can, you can fight and you can win. And they are winning in the Netherlands and they will soon be winning in Belgium too. That's a message for all of us. Professor Mikko Panio, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. Frank, thank you as always. Oh, thank you. Thank you, John. And you thank you, Professor, as well. What a pleasure to meet you. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.